Good afternoon, folks. Welcome to another episode of My Thoughts on Issues. I'm your host, Jason, of The Detailing Mind. So I'm finally back from my little hiatus from work. Um, it's been pretty busy with my job promotion, so um, I was hoping to get a couple extra podcasts in the last couple weeks, but that has proven to not be the case, obviously. So hoping to make up for some lost time here. Uh, given that I was gone for just over a month, I'd say five, six weeks at least. Um, so I had to kind of reshuffle a lot of my uh, plans for the rest of this year. Uh, had to kind of stretch things out a little bit longer just to kind of uh, accommodate for the, uh, the increased uh, workload that I have now with, with my job. So um, hopefully we can uh, still get uh, quite a bit of content out that I want to see get out each year, but uh, we might have to draw back on that as uh, things continue to ramp up for me with my work. Um, In the meantime, there's been a lot that's transgressed in the last few weeks that I've been AWOL on you all. And uh, obviously, uh, Roe v. Wade has been overturned, and that has led to sweeping responses from state Republican parties to outright ban abortion completely and throw countless women into some really rough predicaments. Um, Just recently in the last week or so, there's been stories of a 10 or a 12 year old that was raped and got pregnant, had to get an abortion and struggled to get one, having to, I think, leave the state that she was in just to get one. And, of course, the conservatives called this, like, a crisis actress type of a thing, said it's not real, did everything they could to smear a little girl and to try to undermine what was going on just so that they could make make politics of it, play politics. You know, the the thing that they like to um, demonize their... Uh, political opponents is doing and here they are doing it now to a little girl trying to say that she's just trying to you know do this for political points when it's really them that's doing it for political points so that was really frustrating to kind of watch unfold um, we've I've seen other stories of uh, women in Texas who have had to become nearly fatally uh, sick before they could actually get an abortion and that's you know, that this is going to be something that's going to continually come up as time goes on and more of these conservatives uh, um, you know, just kind of show their their fanatical colors their, their religious velocity here um, so we got to watch out for that obviously and it's I think it's only going to get worse as they continue to push their Gilead politics. Uh, You've seen conservatives go after gay, lesbian, trans people with even more fervor in the last few weeks. The uh, don't say gay bill in Florida, um, which is really just a descriptor of what the bill is, not the actual title of it. Uh, It's basically the the teacher and uh, other people in quote-unquote public positions um, their version of the uh, don't ask, don't tell uh, 
bill that was for the military, if you remember back to the 90s and early 2000s, where, you know, don't ask, don't tell, don't say anything about being gay, we won't say anything to you about being gay, and if you do, well, we'll just, uh, you know, if it comes out that you're gay, if somebody even outs you as being gay, then they'll, uh, you know, then you can get uh, dishonorably discharged. Um, same thing goes for uh, um, their so-called, uh, you know, what about the children platform. Uh, conservatives in recent weeks have shot down numerous bills that would go after sex traffickers for not just children but women in general or even just people in general you know because this can affect men men too but primarily women and primarily children but most of them all the uh, QAnon types like uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Matt Gates, who is being investigated for trafficking a a minor uh, and having sex with a minor but uh, you know can't uh can't say that because it's not quote-unquote proven yet even though they've got enough evidence to just damn the guy but they're not going to really go after anything just quite yet but you know they 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 struck down all these different provisions all these different bills that would help strengthen anti-sex trafficking laws and, and help protect women and children and a lot of these conservatives just went against it you know so that's kind of where we're at right now you know there, there's just a lot of things going on there they're, they struck down uh um, rights for gay, lesbian, trans people. They gutted, uh, for all sense of purposes, uh, abortion rights and uh, health care rights for women. Um, but they are promoting uh, some stupid-ass uh, coach that can sit there and force his football players to go and pray on the field with them in a public setting under a public guise, a.k.a. the football coach of a public school. You know, um, they're, they're okay with that. You know, they, they that's... That's where the, that's the hill they want to die on for uh, their social agenda that they want to uh, um, push. Despite the fact they spent four years when uh, Trump was in uh, office, uh, projecting that it's uh, Democrats and liberals and progressives and the quote unquote left who is only running on social issues. But now all of a sudden here they are only running on social issues. But you know what do I know? So you know there, there's a lot of things that have been going on these last few weeks that. I, that's really just been kind of irking me, you know, and, and really making me want to just kind of, you know, go to town on, on people, but I've had to kind of keep my mouth shut, because most of the time it's kind of brought up, or, or uh, it's, you know, broadcasted about was when I was at work, and since I can't really push my political opinions too thoroughly when I'm in uniform, nor do I really want to because I feel like I'm at work and uh, I shouldn't really be doing that. Um, my own personal opinion, but, you know, it's just, it is getting crazy, you know. It just, we are literally seeing one of the major political parties in this country actively trying to transform this country into Gilead, which is a reference to the... Uh, um, Religious authoritarian dystopian uh, society that is in the Handmaid's Tale. They're literally trying to do that, and we got another major political party in this country that is too incompetent and too lacking of a backbone to stand up and do anything. So we got incompetence on one side and and nefariousness on the other, and it's making for um, 
one massive cosplay reenactment on the national level of the 1930s uh, German Weimar Republic. That's what the United States is trying to reenact right now. We're we're so uh, so thrilled to cosplay that we're trying to reenact the whole sequence of events uh, that led uh, the Weimar Republic down the path that it did, and we're almost you know in tune, almost same ver- uh, almost a repeat of the same verse, but uh, you know they just changed the rhymes here and there a little bit, you know. So it's it's just it, it's getting ridiculous, and uh, part of me wanted to sit down and break down. Uh, each individual um, thing that happened in the news, you know, but then I'd realize that I would be spending so much time just trying to break down every little thing every day that it just, it'd become counterproductive. And so what I thought to do today is um, revisit a topic that I had from a previous year, but once again discuss it from a different political scientist's um, expert uh, uh, um, discussion on it, if you will. And that is Umberto Eco's uh, Earth Fascism. So, yes, this is going to be another round of fascist uh, discussion because that's where I feel that this country is is going towards again. You know, um, we're seeing the kind of ideology spring up just rampantly in the Republican Party and their conservative base. And uh, I think it needs to be addressed. And I think this topic can act as an umbrella uh, discussion for all these other issues because they all kind of play into some aspect of fascism and how conservatives in this country are trying to bring it back into popularity here in this country. So that's gonna gonna be what I'm gonna kind of talk about today, and this will probably be a multi-day, multi-episode discussion about fascism, what it is, based off of Umberto Eco's uh, um, "Ur Fascism," which is a uh, an essay that he wrote that describes like the characteristics, the uh, the points, if you will, of what the ideology is all about. So. Um, I'm going to run through as many of them as I can here in the next hour or so, the next 50 minutes, and then uh, there'll be a part two, probably a part three, who knows, maybe even a part four, because um, there's a lot to unpack on this, you know, I mean, these, he does do a very good job of uh, kind of breaking them down into very um, concise and yet short descriptions of what fascist ideology is, but unpacking that and applying it to the real world today, 2022, that's going to take a lot more time. So hopefully uh, that is something that I'll be able to accomplish here uh, in a few episodes spanning not only today, but probably into tomorrow as well. So um, I know it's kind of a repeat and trust me, there's going to be a lot more of these podcasts that are going to be coming out in the next couple of months and years, especially with the 2024 presidential election uh, just around the corner. Um, we're going to see a lot more things pop up between now and then, 
and we're going to have a lot more issues that will arise that are going to need to be addressed. And I foresee this this topic, this specific topic, still being of very big importance in a couple years when we are now looking at a presidential election. Um, so, like last year, when I went through Robert Paxton's The Anatomy of Fascism uh, book about... Uh, his observations about fascism as an ideology. So too, this year I'm going to run through Umberto Eco's Ur-Fascism and his 14 characteristics that he kind of describes in his essay. The first one being the cult of tradition. Um, And you can see that with the Republican platform. They are very, very, very adamant about pushing traditional values. Um, you look at that at like the uh, at, when it comes to marriage, they're against gay marriage, they're against trans people, they're against you know all these other things because they are in favor of traditional marriage, you know, as they put it one man, one woman. But when they reference traditional marriage, they also imply Christian marriage or biblical marriage. Well, even in the Bible, if you actually go through and read it, the traditional definition of marriage is not one man and one woman. It's actually one man, many wives, many mistresses, and many sex slaves, if you will. Um, if you want to distinguish between mistress and sex slave. Um, they define um, traditional marriage in the Bible as... Um, a woman and her dead husband's brother fulfilling the role of uh, getting her pregnant on behalf of the dead brother. That's another one. It's actually in there. Look it up. If you got uh, two brothers and uh, one brother dies, the other brother is morally responsible under punishment of death by the invisible deity that is the uh, Christian God. Um, the, the other brother is morally commanded and responsible to go and impregnate his dead brother's wife so that his brother can still have kids um, even though he's dead, to carry on his posterity, if you will. So, I mean, that's, that's, what's ha- that's, that's in the Bible. That's a traditional value when it comes to marriage. The, the, the Bible is also... Um, very misogynistic and treats women like property and so women can be bought and sold as wives. That's the original concept of, uh, of marriage as it pertains to the biblical understanding of it is that women are property, can be bought and sold and they can be bought and sold into marriage as property. And there's no age of consent either and so basically... As long as the, the child is going through puberty, then it's okay to marry him, according to the Bible. This is traditional marriage. And yet you see um, a lot of conservatives very implicitly uh, soliciting that kind of behavior. They are starting to push back against age of consent, even though they have the QAnon uh, conspiracy that is... Uh, um, ravaging the party and turning it into a conspiracy cult. They're still okay with 
doing the, uh, uh, you know, marrying and having sex with minors. Because here's a caveat behind this whole idea of tradition is it's okay if it's done to women, but it's not okay if it's done to boys, you know. Yeah, if if you ever notice that, look really closely. It's only uh, an issue when it when it's going to affect boys, you know. Um, and that's really what this whole QAnon and, and the whole uh, anti-LGBT uh, um, political position that Republicans have right now is all based on this idea that they don't care about women, they don't care about girls. Um, because they 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 uh, voted in almost unanimously 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 bleh, whatever um, against uh, legislation that would impose harsher uh, crimes on people uh, who rape women on uh, sex traffickers who traffic women and children you know but the only time they care about actually quote unquote saving the children as if it's boys that's the only you know and say quote unquote saving them from being gay that's that's the only thing they care about so they have this really sharp um, ideology about cult of tradition and you're seeing that cult of tradition when it comes to the Republican Party they that's that's like their main platform piece is all about tradition we need to conserve traditional values to the point where even 25% of um, conservatives are okay with uh, overturning laws that protect the right to people engaging in and uh, adults engaging in um, interracial relationships and marriages. So you got 25% of the of conservatives who don't think that interracial marriages are traditional. And therefore, they should not be allowed. They push traditional education. You know, it's the the, 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 the Patriot or 1776 project, whatever they call it, Patriot project, that Trump was pushing a couple of years ago. The, you know, there 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 are laws that they went through and passed to uh, promote tradi- learning about traditional values in school and education, where they don't want uh, um, any kind of discussion about the negative aspects of whether it's Christianity or um, the country, the United States or about its economic system and how it decides to operate around the world you know, that's why you saw this really huge backlash against uh, the 1619 Project and critical race theory. I mean, they harped on that for months. Why? Because critical race theory basically, in a nutshell, said that uh, people of different races are going to have different experiences in this country and in other countries. Just like how critical theory, as an umbrella term, will state that people from different backgrounds are going to have different experiences in this country and other countries too. You can apply it to any country, you know. So myself, coming from German ancestry, you're going to have a completely different experience uh, in this country than um, somebody that's Hispanic coming from Central or South America or somebody that is um, Arab 
coming from uh, Turkey, or I mean uh, Saudi Arabia, or a Turkmen who is from Turkey, you know, um, or someone who's Egyptian coming from Egypt, you know, basically what critical theory and critical race theory state is that people are going to have different experiences living in a society based off their race, based off their class, based off of their sex, their sexual orientation, their their gender identity, their ethnicity, their religion. There's going to be a whole bunch of factors that kind of weigh in. And the Republicans don't want to accept that. They they want to stick to this traditional idea of education that says, hey, you know, our way is the only way to look at, at history. And you can only look at education and, and teaching our children through the lens that will make white European Christian conservatives look the best. That's, that's basically what it boils down to. The, the, the three C's. Caucasian Christian conservatives. That, that's, you know, the, that's the, this era's version of the KKK, the CCCs, the, the Caucasian Christian conservatives. And they want to push their ultra-traditionalist views on everybody else. It's a cult. Because you can't question anything that is going on. You know, you can't question the state because, you know, America's awesome. And yet they sit there and claim that it's Democrats or the leftists that worship the state. They, they screamed that for eight years when Obama was president, that, that Democrats slash leftists slash progressives slash anyone that's their political opponent worships the state. But the moment their dude got in there, you know, number 45, they started worshiping the state. You got to listen to the, to the laws. You know, they were all about, you know, law and order. They are a cult of tradition. And this, and you can see this with, uh, you know, once again with with gender roles. Going back to the LGBT uh, community, uh, and and you know, abortion too. You know, it, it's people. They want a very strict, narrow definition of traditional gender roles. Women are supposed to wear dresses, be dainty, and just basically be eye candy. They aren't supposed to think. They aren't supposed to talk. They aren't supposed to do anything, you know, in the business world or in the political world. They're basically just supposed to be an, an external accessory for a successful man. That is the traditional gender identity and role that they expect women to uh, follow. And this is, I mean, you can look back to recent history. I mean, even within my own parents' timeline, you know, when they were in high school and college, the big discussion in the 70s was... Should women wear pants, wear shirts, and play sports? You know, they were expected to wear dresses and all this other quote-unquote, you know, feminine things. And so they, there was this big moral outrage or, or this moral dilemma that uh, um, conservatives were, were bringing out back then following the uh, sexual revolution and following all the other civil rights uh, era 
uh, issues that were going on. They had their own little counter uh, protest, and that was, you know, women shouldn't wear jean pants. You know, it's it's not ladylike. It's gonna it's gonna emasculate women. They they don't belong in 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 the workplace. They don't belong in politics. They should just you know stay in the kitchen and be a good housewife. That was what was going on in the seventies. You know, same thing with playing sports. You know, oh we women shouldn't be playing sports. That's what men do. That's that's a male thing. You know, and so this has always been their case. Is they want to box people into very narrow ideas of what how they should act. And they call this tradition. That's what really gender is. You know, it's just a society's way of saying this is how people should act and behave and think based off of, for whatever reason, their biological sexual organs. You know, because, you know, conservatives are creepy like that. They think that people should behave a certain way, refrain from engaging in some human activities, some human emotions, some human thoughts, all because of what's between their legs. Very creepy stuff, but that's because they're a cult of tradition. The uh, the second one is uh, rejection of modernism, irrationalism. And you can kind of see that with the Republicans right now. That's their whole anti-elitist thing. They're, they they are going on like a crusade of, uh, you know, being proud to be stupid. You know, they're not they're not an intellectual elite. Uh, and you see this time and time again. You know, the uh, uh, I think it was Ted Cruz like to sit there and call out uh, Democrats as being Harvard elitists. You know, these these educated uh, elitists. It's like. But didn't you go to uh, an elitist school, an Ivory League school too, you know? But that is part of fascism, according to Umberto Eco. And that's what we're seeing displayed in conservative ideology right now. Is, you know, you don't... Is, is to reject modern, modern understanding, a rational understanding of stuff. It's why they still cling to religion and still push religion as fact is because they have given up on being rational creatures and have instead decided to placate mythos and ethos mythology and emotion and you see it in their uh, in their talking points you see it in their political platform for their parties whether it's libertarian, constitution, or republican, uh, it's all based off of this rejection of modernism or rationalism. I mean, you can actually go on to some of the uh, right-wing, ultra-conservative think tanks like PragerU, and you can sit there and see them talking and disparaging... um, the Enlightenment as a whole. Now, can you can you criticize and question certain aspects of the Enlightenment? Yes. But what they were actually criticizing the most about the Enlightenment was is that uh, um, it brought about this idea that we should be rational beings 
based off of what we can observe and factually prove and, and find evidence for. And their thing is, well, we need to return to religious dogma. Belief because it's what some um, nebulous being of godhood just magically uh, provides to us through revelation or providence. You know, um, that's where they're at. Is 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 they're pushing that? You know, they they you see it with the uh, the coach out there uh, kneeling, and you know, it's his right to uh, be able to exercise his religion, and by that they actually are implying that he can. Uh, push it onto others, oppress and repress others using his religious quote-unquote freedom. Um, and it's in the last couple of years, this has been very much the case. For example, the COVID issue. They became just rabid anti-vaxxers and anti-science when it came to medicine and the medical field of, of understanding you know, biology and, me- and medicine and other things in that field. They, they just became just unhinged about it. You know? They don't even understand abortion, and yet here they are, you know, going after it. They're going after contraception because they don't understand it. Or they do, but they just think that women should be slaves to uh, male uh, dominance. You know? If you, get, if you get raped and you get pregnant, oh well, carry the term because, quote-unquote, God will figure it out. He'll, he'll make bad good. You know? That's where they're at. They have continued for the better part, of, for almost about 50 years now, conservatives of the, of, of the Republican Party and other conservative parties have rejected climate change. They, they still think it's a hoax. They think it, the, the newest talking point, it's a hoax from China, you know, and, but China's going through and doing this stuff too. They're putting in high-speed uh, rails that cuts down on fossil fuel uh, produ- uh, production and emission and uh, usage. And is their total output of carbon gases still higher than the United States? Yeah, because they're also a you know bigger country. We are what three hundred and thirty-three million. How many people? How many billions do they have? You know they we, we, they dwarf that. We're dwarfed by their size. But despite the fact that China does put out more fossil fuel uh, um, um, pollutants into the air, if you bring it down per capita, per person, it's actually less per person. So on an individual basis, Americans are polluting more than Chinese people are. Even though the total emissions that uh, of, of uh, greenhouse gases and other toxins and other crap that's being pumped in the air, yeah, sure, China's beating us out, but yeah, they have more people than us. They're bigger. That makes sense. It'd be like saying, you know, um, you know, well, Belgium is different than Canada. You know, well, well, duh. <laughs> Canada's bigger than Belgium. You know. That doesn't mean Belgium should just ignore their their footprint and seeing what they can do to kind of combat it because Canada is bigger and they got a bigger footprint and you know they're slowly quote unquote slowly uh, changing you know it just it just doesn't make sense so 
their, their whole idea about climate change is, is not rooted in, in science. You know, all of the climate scientists, all this, all the people, all the experts in their field, or at least most of them in their field, are agreeing, hey, this is an issue. Yeah, you got outliers, but that's true about everything, you know. Every scientific field has outliers of experts who aren't going to fully agree with it. And there's nothing wrong with that. But when there's a majority consensus that is backed up by evidence that is continually being reviewed to make sure that it is accurate, then you're kind of stuck in a hard spot then if you're going to deny it just because it doesn't conform to your cultish understanding. Same thing with, with evolution. I mean, I growing up in the 90s and, and graduating high school in the early 2000s, this was their big thing. This was a conservative's big thing in the late 90s, or well, just 90s in general in the early 2000s, as it has been since the 50s, is this, this utter rejection of evolution, even though it has been completely um, determined to be factual. There's just no way around it. It's like the most documented field of science that we have to date. And yet, Republicans are still, they're still, you know, just can't handle it. They, they can't, they're trying, to, they're damnedest to try to undermine it in every horrible way possible. So, um, yeah, they, they just, they have a, a rejection of modernism and uh, rationalism. And you know what? That makes sense coming from the previous talking point of cult of tradition. Because they value tradition so much, they're going to reject what is modern or what is rational because they would rather live in the past where, you know, they can just make assumptions about things without actually having to do the work of going to prove it to be correct. That's why religion is so popular with them. You know, it's literally the God of the gaps. I can't explain A, B, and C, so God. And that's what they want. That's what they want. They want an irrational, traditional world and society that will make it uh, impossible for humanity to progress and keep people enslaved to their fascist concepts. So... You can see two out of the two so far of Umberto Eco's uh, um, positions or, or observations of fascist ideology are being held by the Republicans today. Or I should just say conservatives in general. I, can't just, I just can't demonize uh, Republicans on this because it's the Constitution Party and it's also, to some aspects, the Libertarian Party too. You know, or just independents who are not politically affiliated with any party but also identify as having conservative values or positions. So, you know, there, there's a lot of, of exam, there's many examples of conservatives being very proud to be ignorant or to be irrational, you know, or to reject intelligence. You know, they in fact they just turn it into part of their QAnon conspiracy. You know, it's these intellectual elites who are trying to control us and rule the world. You know, it, it's it's very 
like the, the, the level, the, the, the depths that this QAnon octopus conspiracy has gone is just, it's astounding. Um, the next one is action for action's sake. Impulsivity. You know, there's no, there's no stepping back to actually stop and think about something. It's just knee-jerk reaction stuff. You know, and of course, this is another example where conservatives will project project this onto their political opponents. You hear this all the time around the gun debate. You know, every single time there's a mass shooting, um, conservatives are are automatically like, "Oh, well, it's just liberals with a knee-jerk reaction to uh, ban guns right away, without having a real." thoughtful discussion about it. Well, no, that's not the case, you know. Uh, the only party that does that is the uh, the conservatives and their various parties. Um, and you see this with the uh, the anti-gay bills, you know. It's this idea that, oh, they're, they're predators, they're, they're uh, groomers, they're going to... Uh, they're going to pervert and twist and, and uh, affect our children. So we got to pass bills right away that will demonize them. And so they do that. They do, and they demonize people. They, they come up with these rules that will, you know, like in the state of Texas where um, Republicans like, you know, telling, trying to get people to report parents and transgender children so they can be arrested for child abuse and then sending the kid off to re, uh, con- to conversion therapy camps, a.k.a. torture, you know. Um, they, they pass all these um, uh, voting bills. So they, 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 they actively helped gut the Voting Rights Act that has been in place for, for decades. And then they turn around, and after they, they, they fairly lost in, in 2020... They're now turning around and they're coming up with the all of these different uh, knee-jerk reaction uh, uh, bills to um, stop people from exercising their right to vote. It's claiming that you know fraud and and uh, you know there's like uh, the, this conspiracy to uh, replace their voice, the quote-unquote silent majority. And so you're seeing this with Republicans, this knee-jerk. Action for action's sake, you know. When Trump was in office, he he turned and, and bombed Doma after the quote unquote uh, chemical attack by Assad. Comes to find out, it was a false flag. It wasn't even done by Assad or Syria or his allies. Uh, it was a false flag. You know, same thing with uh, down in Venezuela and some other places. They they were trying to uh, do these knee jerk reaction. You know, action for action's sake, rather than sitting down and actually thinking through and, and coming to a logical conclusion or a, a, a rational uh, game plan, they just kind of willy-nilly go in there and try something, and they fall on their faces. You know, so this idea of don't think, just do—it's—it's um, it's ridiculous and it's downright fascist, and it kind of placates into this. I think this thing of. Well, I'm right because my gut feeling tells me. And that's something that's intuitive because I happen to be what I think to be the pinnacle of humanity. 
that's where that boils down to. A rejection of modern and rational thought in favor of cult of tradition and this impulsivity to to do, not think. Um, this also kind of, kind of plays into the culture war issues that they're having. You know, just recently, you know, with the uh, right-wing uh, ultra-conservative talking, uh, talking heads on TV or internet, you know, complaining about the M&Ms no longer being sexy or how dare Minnie Mouse wear a pants suit that she's being, you know, masculine. She's being defeminized, if you will. She's in favor of her becoming more masculine. You know, women shouldn't own businesses or run businesses or operate uh, businesses or anything like that. Um, they, they belong in the home being caretakers for children and, you know, attending to housely matters. Says Candace Owens as she is literally owning and operating her own media business and coming up with contracts and and working on the business side of things to form alliances with other uh, conservative organizations. So, you know, don't, uh, don't think, just quickly do. You know, just open your mouth and say something stupid without actually thinking about what you're actually saying while you're saying it. Because she just went up there and, and did it and didn't think about it. Complaining about Minnie Mouse wearing pantsuits and how women shouldn't wear pantsuits because it makes them look masculine. All the while she's giving this speech in pantsuits. You know, it, it's amazing. The, the, the hypocrisy is just... I, I don't think The Onion could have come up with better stuff than this. I don't, know, I don't even know how they're still in business because the Republican Party is, and conservatives in general has taken over the job of being the onion. And they're doing it, you know, not tongue-in-cheek, but in all seriousness. So, congrats on killing the mainstream satire media conservatives. You've done a good job. The fourth one, disagreement is treason. Um... Anytime you disagree with them, you are you are a danger. You are treasonous. You are un-American. You, all these things. Disagreement is treason. You saw that. Uh, you've been, you continue to see that with, from conservative circles. If you disagree with the uh, with George W. Bush and his uh, illegal wars in Iraq and Afghanistan, you are un-American and you're treasonous. You should be silenced. You should be canceled. For a, for a, a, a political ideology that, that screeches so much about cancel culture, you sure are the masters of, ca- of canceling people. It, it's a very um, humorous irony. Um, you, you can even see that when it comes to gatekeeping within the Republican Party. Right now, there's a little battle going on between Trump Republicans and uh, establishment Republicans, which is kind of ironic because Trump is part of the establishment. It's just his brand of the establishment. But you're now seeing this this battle that's being stoked by Trump and other Trumpian Republicans about who should be the front head of the Republican Party. And you got these diehard Trump loyalists who are attacking Republicans if they are in favor of DeSantis 
or somebody else being the Republican nominee in 2024. Even though um, DeSantis is trying to be as Trumpian as he can. He's, he's just a dying version of Trump. You know, he's not going full bore off the wall uh, rhetoric that would emulate Trump completely. But he's like, you know, at least 75% of the way there. He's a light version. And yet, you know, there's gatekeeping and this whole disagreement is treason thing. You're not a real Republican. You don't belong here. I mean, look what they, look what Trump and his fanatics tried to do to Trump's own VP, Mike, Mike Pence. Because he disagreed with Trump and did not try to illegally overturn the election... Trump tried to have him disappeared. And his followers tried to get into the Capitol to find him and hang him. They had gallows outside the uh, the uh, the Congress building, the Capitol Hill, you know, for him. This was on live TV. This isn't kind of, this isn't some kind of uh, opinion or uh, fake news story. This is actually on live TV for everybody to see out in the open. And here we are. You know, disagreement is treason. If you disagree with Trump when he was president, you are a traitor and you should be locked up or you should be disappeared or, in some cases, killed. You know, Trump, when Trump did that little Bible thing in front of the church and he got the... Uh, um, protesters cleared out. He wanted them to do a lot worse to them. Um, same thing when, in, in Florida actually, when experts were calling out Republicans in in, um, in Florida for undermining COVID response, downplaying it, and demonstrating that they were being incompetent or nefarious about dealing with uh, COVID and uh, helping people uh, prevent its spread, people were disappeared. They were arrested. You know, th- th- this is not some abstract thing that happened in a, a country far away a long time ago. This is happening here right now. You see it in the rhetoric, you know, to the point where Trump encouraged his followers at rallies to beat people up who disagreed with them. And they punched people who disagreed with them. You know? And and then threw them out of the building. He, you know, the, the, this is very blatant coming from conservatives. Is that you don't agree with them, they will they will treat it as treason and that you are a threat and they will deal with you accordingly. And as you see from their rhetoric, it's violently. You disagree that that uh, their guy should have won the election, and they will storm the build uh, the Capitol building and, and try to, uh, you know, make what they believe is right by force. So, I think people need to be really aware where we're at. We're on number four. Four out of four so far. Four out of four. Number five. 
on Umberto Eco's uh, 14 points of what fascist ideology is all about is number five, fear of difference. Bigotry, that's really what it is, aka bigotry. Fear of difference. They don't like immigrants coming to this country, especially ones from Central and South America who aren't white. Plain and simple. Despite the fact that most of the immigrants that are coming here are Catholic and conservative in their values. And just like was seen about 40 years ago in the mid-80s when Reagan gave mass amnesty to a bunch of uh, um, Hispanic uh, immigrants coming from Central and South America, they all started voting overwhelmingly Republican because they held conservative values. But because they're they're not they're because they're brown and not white, today's modern Republican Party doesn't want them here. They they demonize them. They call them uh, murderers and drug dealers and rapists and, and uh, all these other things. And sure, some of them are good people. That's their point. That's their whole view on it. They fear difference. I mean, you've got people like Tucker Carlson and other pundits on. Newsmax and and OAN talking about the Great Replacement theory, theory. That is literally a fascist talking point. And they're broadcasting this Replacement Theory, a.k.a. White Genocide, a.k.a. you know, they don't like it when uh, um, other people come here and they feel like they're being replaced. That's what it's all... That's what's all being done. You heard it on Fox News. Nobody voted for the demographic change. Well... That's not a votable thing. People can come here. They can move here. They are allowed to move here and live here and become citizens. And they made it very blatant back when Trump was president, you know. How come it's not white people from Europe that are moving here? How come it's always all these, all these quote-unquote, others from, quote-unquote, shithole countries that are moving here? That's right there, plain as day that they fear difference. I mean, they've, they're already uh, uh, reginning up this uh, anti-Semitic uh, uh, talking points. Um, I mean, look at that rally in Charlottesville. You know, what were they saying? They weren't saying anything about uh, leftists or anything. They were talking about Jewish people. The Jews will not replace us. That, that And these are conservatives saying this. Why? Because this all boils back to the QAnon thing that the elitists are trying to control us. You know, and that's all spurns from um, fascist ideology from almost a century ago that was stating this very thing. Just use different words to describe it. Now here we are again, almost a century later, espousing the same rhetoric from the conservative party and it's flying it's it's working amongst their conservative base fear of difference only this time now they're adding muslims into it you know all muslims are are invading this country to impose sharia law on us and just look one person who's muslim got elected into congress oh no less than 1% of congress you know whether they're, you know the Senate and the House combined, less than 1% is Muslim. Yet that's a big invasion that's going to take us all over and implement Sharia law on us all. 
meanwhile, they're okay with uh, enforcing biblical law on us. So, you know, there's this whole separation of church and state as guaranteed by the Establishment and Free Exercise Clause of the First Amendment. But I guess that only applies to uh, non-Christian religions, huh? If it's Christian religion, uh, if it's a Christian denomination, then yeah, sure, you're, you're allowed to impose your religious beliefs on people via the state all you want to. But, uh, you know, even if that means just being openly Christian and, or being openly Muslim or Jewish or Hindu or whatever and just simply having a seat in Congress, that's them thinking that, you're, that they are oppressing and persecuting us with their non-Christian religion bullshit. Same thing, same thing as applied to atheists, you know. Uh, once again, fear of the difference. You know, you're you're an atheist. You know, oh, you're you're a, the other. You're evil, and we cannot accept you. I mean, the, the Republicans just, they, they do a very good job of, of, uh, of uh, stirring up fear of people who are other than them. If they're not white, not Christian, not uh, uh, American enough, basically. That, that's basically what it's boiling down to. Is you're not American enough. What's it mean to be American? Well, you got to be all these things, you know. Go figure. You know they can't figure. They they have a narrow concept of what it means to to be uh, um, women or men or whatever when it comes to gender roles. Go figure. They're also very narrow-minded when it comes to what it means to be an American. You have to have the right mindset for it, the right set of behaviors. I mean, technically, that's that's gender. You are, you know, setting up the American gender. Because what is gender? Just, you know, behaviors, roles, beliefs, attitudes, mannerisms that a culture or a society determines is acceptable given somebody's... Uh, Sexual orientation, sexual preference, um, biological sex, all these things, uh, politics. It, it's just, you know, they, they can't define it, and so they make it so nebulous and yet so narrow at the same time that it's, it's just downright, like, ridiculous. So, you know... When Umberto Eco, in his 14 points in Ur Fascism, talks about fear of dif- of the different, fear, fear of people who are different, he's really just talking about bigotry, you know. And in this case, I think it really, really, really applies to this n- idea of nationality. This was true back in his day. It was true, you know, decades before that. Uh, during World War II and how things uh, led up to the rise of Nazi Germany, as well as uh, fascist Italy, as well as imperialist Japan, as well as uh, um, Dixiecrat America. All these themes, all these aspects. So they, 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 they wrap up these first five talking points of what it means to be um, fascist, according to Umberto Eco, on the dot, I would say. First five, they're, they are five for five. They're batting one hundred percent right now when it, when it comes to uh, uh, 
Mr. Echo's uh, list of what it means to be ideologically fascist. First five, they're five out of five. So I really hope that this first round here really gets everybody thinking because this is where we're headed. We've got one party in this country that so far are five for five when it comes to fascist ideology, according to Umberto Eco. Is this really something that we want to um, accept as a country? Do we really think that uh, we should accept conservatives transforming this country into their fascist Gilead? What, what are we going to do about it? You know, this is, this is getting ridiculous. And I don't see them stopping. They're, they're on a, a war path right now. And I don't see them stopping until their forces stop, unfortunately. They keep talking, and, and this should be very, uh, you know, not surprising, but, I mean, they've, said, they've been saying this all along. They want a civil war because they feel that conservative values are no longer being uh, implemented in the country. Well, they're no longer being implemented because the majority of people no longer accept them. But you still want them to be accepted and, and pushed upon. So these conservatives are going to do it. So that's what they're really pissed about, off about. And yes, they continue to say, well, there's going to be a civil war. And that it's going to get violent. And they hint that uh, January 6th was just the beginning. So this is the makings of a fascist uh, insurrection of the United States by conservatives. First five talking, uh, First five points right here by Umberto Eco. Once again, as re, re, as review, fear of difference, disagreement is treason, and cultural tradition and rejection of modernism or rationalism, as well as action for action's sake or impulsivity. Don't think, just do. Those are the first five points that he recognizes as fascist ideology uh, core tenets if you will so uh, with that being said I'll kind of uh, close out uh, this first episode of um, Echoes 14 and his points about what it means to be uh, fascist Uh, tune in later on for part 2 of this and more than likely part 3 Thank you for tuning in to this episode, and uh, it's good to be back, everyone. I'll talk to you soon. Have a good one.